Hello and welcome to the Hurricane Podcast. This might be episode maybe 15? Oh, it's been a little while. I think while. it's 15. It, we, yeah, we had a hiatus during the holidays. Yeah. As I'm sure everybody else feels, the holidays were hectic. So, it's wonderful. It's the most wonderful time of the year. But you also hold your breath the whole time. It's that limbo phase. Mm-hmm. I think I'll, Justin Shaw posted the members group is, but lead it to Christmas, and then you have kind of like this... Mm-hmm. Like between December the twenty sixth and like December the first. It's like yeah. such like you don't even know what day it is. Don't even know what day but it even, is. But even you don't even know like, where you are, you're waking up with little Debbie uh crumbs all over your body. It's just a weird time. I don't know what's going on. And even technically like the week of New Year's, you still have like that Thursday, Friday area. It's still yeah. like you're still This is like, the first full week. Yeah, the first full week like like going forward into twenty twenty. So it's like oh it's just the Everybody forgets time. how to adult. I forgot how to adult. Yeah. For sure. I forgot where I lived. It's a funky time. Um this is a cool hurricane podcast because Cody is a flip flopping. Yeah. He's doing the thing. I'm the interviewee. No interviewer. You're the interviewer. You're the interviewee. I'm the interviewee. Yeah, that's correct. I'm the guy getting interviewed. Yeah. Um I was nervous. I was hoping that I would be a good interviewee. So I loosened up with like Twelve shots of tequila before I walk in here. So, good thing this isn't a video. Should be interesting then. Good thing this isn't a video because my eyes won't look in All the right, same well, direction. Well, hopefully I don't let you down too bad here, Patrick. No, I think as Cody's. If you're gonna do great as an interviewer, you're gonna do great. So, um, in a way, I guess we'll kind of prerequisite this thing as if you may or may not know, this is yes. not not. I won't say like Patrick's last last week. We'll talk about that more mm-hmm. in detail, but. At least for the next couple months, this is Patrick's last week. Yes. All right. So I guess you can let the people know as to what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, join the circus. No, I'm a bearded lady. Bearded lady. No, they. Uh, yeah, some people know already, and we were kind of waiting on this to kind of brief everybody all at once on it. But I'm gonna. Um, I'm going to go take a job opportunity for a couple months. It's like a couple months on few months off kind of deal mm-hmm. um so i'll be out of town in kansas um being a, pr- a project assistant for a turnaround which is just i'm going to be doing like office work like coordinating people and logistics and making sure basically like coaching a 6 p.m class like that but hurting cats with uh yeah but with uh oil and gasoline so a little you know, slightly more dangerous so like a 9 a.m. class. So like a 9 a.m. class. Yeah, that's probably a little better. Um, but yeah, no, I'm going to be off doing that, and then I will come back and coach. But this is, yes, this is yeah. my last like full week. So it won't be like the last time we officially see Patrick Palumbo. Yes. It's just going to be a temporary. Temporary thing. Temporarily mm-hmm. in a sense, and then be here for a little while, off for a little off while, for a little while back yeah. for a little while. So it's going to be kind of like an off and off process. Mm-hmm. This is not like a... A farewell forever. Yeah, I'm not gone forever. Not a forever, forever mm-hmm. deal. You're, y'all aren't so, that lucky. No, not quite that lucky. <laughs> so, um, just kind of prerequisiting everything with that, just kind of letting people know. So, as to why we're kind of doing the process the way we are for this podcast. Mm-hmm. So, um, so let's talk about you, Patrick, and kind of maybe your background and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, people may or not know where you're from. I'm from the Lord's country. <laughs> Uh, home of the Golden Tornadoes. Hell yeah. Sulphur, Louisiana. Always. Mm-hmm. Always. Sulphur. It's pronounced It's pronounced like S-A-U-F-E-R. Sulphur. Sulphur. Go Tours. Sulphur. Go Tours. Tour Pride. Cool. So, um, same place you're from. Same place. Yeah. Born and raised. Mm-hmm. Born and raised. Always. 
So, kind of tell us about your childhood a little bit. My childhood? Um, I was a, a like, in a way, CrossFit changed my life too because I was I was always like a very unathletic kid. I know you kind of told me like last kid always picked kind of For deal. sure. God, you know, we play this thing in gym. It was like PE because I was never in sports. So it was like PE and it was like super PE. I don't know what this was. Maybe it was a, um, this maybe it was a, like a pep rally or what something. What schools is that? I, this is, I can remember back to middle school doing this for sure. Lewis. So WW Lewis. Okay. It may have been a pep rally. So the it was like Reds. super PE and they had like all of us, we were on our bellies. Like in the bottom okay. of a push-up or this a burpee. A, was this Baron time still there or no? Yeah, this he is was. Because he left my eighth grade year. If you guys don't know, this is so Coach Baron time, who's now I think he works for the school board. Right here, fellow. Yeah, I think he works for yeah. the school board now. He was um, at W. Lewis. Yeah, so he yeah. was at W. Lewis as our PE coach. And then I think my eighth grade year, halfway through the eighth grade year, he went to SJ Welsh to be a principal. And then he came back. He came back as a principal at Lewis. Yeah, that's what he was there. And then he became principal at Sulphur High School. Yeah. And just recently, I think this past year or two, he went and worked. Now he's working actually for the school board itself. That's pretty good. That's good. So, um, so it's kind of he's a really yeah. real cool guy. But anyways, get he back might to he might have come up with it. I don't know who our PE coach was, but um, he was he was there as an assistant principal for sure. Yeah. But we're all belly down. And, like, whenever it's your turn, you have to run up and go shoot the basketball into the thing. Okay. And I was so nervous. I couldn't feel my legs. I, uh, I think I, I, I almost pooped myself. Did you hear about uh, Oh, there, it took me probably 16 or so shots to make it into the thing. Uh, another six kids passed me up. Like, I think uh, they were close to probably just telling me, like, it's okay. You can go sit down. Like this. You're fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, just watch. Yeah, I wasn't, wasn't very fit or athletic. Yeah, uh, it, it, student. Do you play any sports and like that growing up? I um, I, I dabble athletic, but I mean, I know how no, much sports you actually dabble. No in. organized sports. No organization. I wanted sports. to play baseball because I loved the movie The Sandlot, but in like one summer, I lost nine. It was baby teeth, but I still lost nine teeth. So you basically, I'm terrible at catching. Baby, baby. Oh, like you told, Oh, so like you lost. I lost them from playing baseball. From, I got hit in the face. Holy shit. So then I figured out I was all right at getting hit in the face, so I boxed for a little bit. You're and like I taking, wasn't good at that either. Pretty good at taking balls to the face. Pretty good at taking balls to the face, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, I think that remember, carried I remember, on for my life. My forever. Rest of my life. Forever. But I do, I think I recall you telling me this story somewhat about constantly getting hit in the face because you just uh-huh. literally couldn't put the glove in front of your face. I was over it. So it's and like, all of sound like that dude got hit in the face, got that big old black eye. Yeah. It's the same concept. You had the big old oh, I've had black eyes, nose bleeds and stuff from that. So now, like, I have this bad habit. If I'm going to play baseball or softball, I'll line up the shot, like the catch, and just step to the side. Like, I'll jump to the side and just hope that Just get out of the way and hopefully mix it in there. Mm-hmm. I palm it. I can still see a man, like, just throwing you a marker. You have a mini panic attack. I have a little bit. You can notice it. Like, you I'm not kinda, calm. You're not, yeah. It's not like a, like, I'm not going to catch this thing. It's a, kind of like, like a sudden yeah. jerk reaction. Like, it brings back old memories. I see a flash of, like, a ball hitting. Yeah, if I catch it, it's because all my ancestors helped. (laughs) They all kind of came up, and they were like, we got to get this dude a break. So they helped me catch it. Okay, so really no athletic sports growing up, anything like that. I was a professional drinker in high school. I was say, we're about to move into high school here. Yeah, I was a professional drinker in high school, so much so that I went on to do it as a career instead of going to college. So... Uh, what you told me, you were kind of a shithead in high school. We were, yeah. There's not a lot to do in Sulphur. There really is not much to do. So we invented... Unless you have family there, that's about it. 
and we friends and family, you hang so. out with family. Yeah, it's and always, then what do you do? I mean, other than that, though, I mean, once you sit around so long enough, you're only going to get yourself in trouble anyway. Exactly. Yeah, you sit around long enough, and all of a sudden, you you know, you have a a, a mailbox in your hands, and you don't know how that happened. So, a give bit, me a, a mild story of something that you did in high school. It doesn't have to be anything extreme. That is, might listen to this, they're going to come put you in jail. Statue limitations. I don't know what the statue limitations is on mailboxes. Um. Are we doing we like uh, Days of Confused, like coming and smashing mailboxes? Yeah, of? that's like cool, right? That's okay. After I mean, it's been like eight years, I'm sure so you're not the only person to come to her. Regardless, and smash the mailbox. I may or may not have. We may or may not have. There's like a few of us in the truck. This was kind of funny, like just not even a, a baseball bat. It was a tree limb. It was a, a medium sized so tree, tree limb. Tree limb. We cut it down. Okay, yeah. so you cut. So you didn't have a baseball bat. We got a medium-sized tree. We didn't play any sports. Yes, exactly. So there were no baseball bats laying around. So and we had to resort to taking a freaking limb out of the tree. Mm-hmm. A tree limb, just half hanging out the window, just knocking them down on a, in a line on the road. <laughs> How and, does uh, tree limb hold up? It did great. It's a lot better than a baseball bat, really, uh, strength-wise. You can do a lot with a tree limb. We could, we could get into more of that later, maybe off-camera, off-topic, uh, because some of those might not be... Jesus Christ. Statute of limitations out. But smashing them, knocking them down. I don't know. There's maybe like nine or ten of them. But one of the guys lost his hat in the road. So we just, you know, quickly do like a little e-brake, you know, U-turn. This is the middle of the night. E-braked around and went back to go get his hat. And uh, we see blue and red lights in the back. And we're like, dang. All of that. And it's just because you, you tried to, you know, cut a U-turn like that. Like you, you know, drifted. So when they saw so you got pulled over because of the U-turn, or you got yeah. pulled over because of the mailbox? No, they got, we got pulled over because they we ripped that. Uh, okay, so was this like a good distance away from the mailboxes? No, it was on the same road. We turned around like Did at the they end of the like road. connect the dots and say like you got to have to be the. So yeah, no, we go back. We're getting the hat and stuff, and then they give us this big spill because uh, we were all just had permits. None of us had a license. So all learners permits were all fifteen. You are all fifteen. Sixteen, maybe sixteen. Why do you not have your license? Can you drive at 16? Yeah, you can have your license at 16. I don't know. Maybe the guy driving was like, didn't have his license yet. Maybe he had the permit and all you guys had your license? Maybe, yeah. That sounds really smart. Yeah, and you know, we think that that would work, but we were like 16 or 17 had our license. And uh, so, and then they comp- they confiscated one of my buddy's tobacco product and stuff and like kind of like fussed at us and everything. Was it cigarettes like, okay. or dip? Dip. Okay. It was dip. Not the hard stuff. Okay. Just dip. And uh, and so we went home and stuff. And I I don't know if they had to have like turned around and just seen a That's line. That's what I'm saying. They, they, they didn't they see it at all. The docks. They didn't Not like say like these guys have to be the. They didn't even see it. No, no. We, they didn't mention it, bring it up at all. And we sure as hell weren't going to bring it up. No. So, uh, yeah. Was so it so we got or the sheriff. It was sheriff. Sheriff. Mm-hmm. Damn. So, yeah. No. Now I still have. You talked about my hesitation to catch stuff, but even still, like I'm driving like the speed limit. You know, everything's fine. I'm a very law-abiding citizen now. And then, like, you know, cops are on the road or something like that, and I get I get super nervous. <laughs> I get so scared. I, like, I'll, I'll, no, I'll they be driving. Feel, like, if I'm driving and one pulls up, like, let's just say they're randomly just behind me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, even though you're not doing anything illegal, you can kind of, like, you just, I like, get nervous. You're, you're so clinched up. Yeah, you, like, I turn my fucking radio off. I know, you're just waiting for those lights to start flashing yeah. at you. Even though you're, like, I, I shut off not, my Joe I know Rogan. I'm not doing anything wrong. I shut off my Joe Rogan. I was like, I don't want them knowing I'm listening to Joe Rogan. Yeah. Let me, let me, he, 
be calm right now. I try to slow down so they get in front of me. I got pulled over a few weeks ago. Really? I had a headlight out. I didn't know it. Oh, you didn't know it? It was like I was up to the, going to the gym on on Saturday morning, probably like five thirty in the morning or so. And this dude came out of nowhere. I didn't even see him. It was like pitch black, and all of a sudden I see blue lights behind him. I'm like, what? Damn. Luckily the guy. I've never was, been pulled over for a headlight. I, well, I, I, it's actually things. the second time. So I was in high school. I got pulled over. I was uh, I was going to work. I had to open up at Spar, and it was probably like four something in the morning. And he pulled me over because I had a taillight off. And I yeah. got pulled over for a headlight this time. Shit. I didn't even realize my headlight was out. But he let, he's like, no, nah, he's like, get a headlight out, man, no problem. Just, just want to let you know. That's kind of him, I guess. No, he was cool. I've, uh, I've always run it like if my headlight's out, I turn my brights on. And I'm just that asshole on the street. Oh, you had your brights on the whole time? Well, no, Kay- I put it on because those work, but the, the headlight. Oh, the actual, out. like, regular headlight. Yeah. Kaylee's van will actually uh, adjust automatically. That's cool. So it's it, a backup bulb or something? No. So what I mean is if she's driving and let's say like we're somewhere where it's dark or something like that and there's no cars around, the, the brights will automatically turn on. And if a car, like let's say maybe comes around a corner, it'll, it'll automatically sense it and turn it off. An anti-dickhead maneuver. Yeah. That's nice. It's pretty cool because I was driving one night and we are going home and it's darker kind of middle of nowhere and all of a sudden the brights turn on and like... I didn't touch anything. She's like, no, it just automatically does that. I'm like, well, what happens if somebody comes pulling That's up? That's pretty cool. It automatically turns off. That thing's closer to a spaceship than it is a van. The other morning, we, uh, I went to go open the garage door and her van, all the windows and the sunroof were all rolled down. And I'm like, why'd you roll everything down? Like, why are the windows rolled down? It's called yeah. the van. Like, well, I didn't do that. You did that. I'm like, no, I didn't touch anything. The van. And so we had, yeah, we had like a little argument where I'm like, no. And I was like, no, I don't think Carter could have done that. Like roll, like literally everything, sunroof, like the van doors, the regular doors, all down. And so apparently on Kaylee's little keypad for her car, the unlock and lock, if you unlock it, or you press unlock and you hold it down a second time, it, it'll, just like, it, that thing. it'll literally roll down all the windows and everything. Wow. We didn't know that, so apparently I went to go unlock or lock it the night before and accidentally. That's an interesting them. feature. Yeah. I don't know why they would throw that in. So you can jump in the car really fast without having to open the door. I guess, but the thing is, like, when you get back in, like, you can't press the button from roll back up. So that's once they're open, yeah. they're open. You gotta go start it up and fold one. Then put up. everything up one out of one. Yeah, oh, that's weird. So, anyway, it's kind of getting back on subject here. So, yeah. all right, so, so we finish, we finish out. So, what year we graduate? 2011. 2011. 2011. So, mm-hmm. some people were saying, "You son of a bitch." Why? Because you're so young. Oh, because I'm so young. Still young, still. I don't feel that young, to be honest. But I guess like not that much time has passed. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's nine years now. Though we're coming up on nine years now. But you have a two year reunion? Close, yeah. Not yeah. a year from now. Hopefully, yeah. I don't know. I think we had a five year, but I don't know. Because you were one year older than my sister. Yes, I think so. I think my she went to like all the schools I did. Like she went to Frash, WDS, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And, and sophomore. Yeah. So I think she was either one year older than they are. And I graduated in 08, and then Kaylee graduated in 09. Mm-hmm. And you were 2011, right? 2011. So, okay. So. The perfect ones. <laughs> Shut up. So, all right. So we finish out Solver High School. Almost, mm-hmm. you know, we graduated. We go straight to college. Yeah, I went immediately to college because I was in that generation that, like, I don't know if that's still going on, but like, if you don't go immediately to college, your life is gonna fall apart. Yeah, that's what I was I think, told. They were like, I was yeah. panicking because I never even thought about college or anything. It wasn't like something that you. Is that something that you just thought you I mean, had to do, or you? 
I thought I had to do it. Oh, you had no choice? Yeah, yeah. Was that uh, something that you just heard from everybody, or was that something your parents kind of told you? A bit of both. A bit, a of, bit both. of both. Like, I, I remember because uh, whenever I was trying to figure out how to get in, the administration process is it's one of the hardest things you could ever do, in my opinion. But it's, I guess it's a lot like doing your taxes, too. Like, some people look at it, and they're like, that's not that bad. That's not that big of a deal. But to me, I was like, what? I was like, just give me paper forms. Just give me a paper that I got to sign. And let me know what I got to do. Um, but there's all those hoops you got to jump through, you know? In the middle of one of the hoops that I was trying to jump through, I was trying to get like some tax return information for something, and I was like, man, it just looked like it not, might not work out. And someone was like, oh God, like you're not gonna make it in? This is gonna McNeese? Yeah, they go to McNeese. And I was like, no, and that stressed me out even more. Uh, it ended up working out and I did get in there. Um, uh, did a little bit of tops, a little bit of loans. Okay. So like, it wouldn't cover all of it. You just had like the basic tops? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Had I did AP like classes. Okay. So it, uh, I don't know, like it, it, my GPA wasn't that good because my regular classes were all math and I'm not good at that. So mm-hmm. uh, like the ones that I got college credit on, I don't know if I got like GPA for or something. Okay. So so we get into McNeese. What, what was our original game plan? Originally, I was going to be in law and they don't have free so law at McNeese. I didn't know that. No, they don't have free okay. law, but they like... So if you want to be a lawyer, you don't have these. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they'll still take you. Um, like so law school, they like people that like that can read and write a lot because your first years are a shitload of reading and writing mm-hmm. and doing this English kind of stuff. So I was an English major. Okay. Um, so they'll take English majors. Law schools will take English majors. Okay. Um, so you don't so have to do pre-law? Not necessarily, no. Okay. That's what I was told at least. But I never made it that far. You ever ran um, this by Scott? Huh? You ever ran this by Scott? I never ran it by Scott. No, uh, but I, well, I think we not? talked about because I was an English major. He was like, yeah, yeah. He was like, you can read and write a lot. Okay. And stuff. So. Okay. Um, it's a common thing. Uh, but then no, I never made it to any kind of graduate school thing. I think I was a, maybe coming into being a junior, whenever I bailed out of college. Okay, so going into being a junior, so we went two solid years. Two, I think I went two good years. Okay, all English majors. No, I did uh, some H and H P too. Okay, how? So I switched so, to health and human performance. Okay, was that after like a semester, or was that like after a year? Maybe a year, maybe two semesters. Okay. Yeah. Dude, I switched so many times on college. You switched a lot. I switched a lot. It's that's why I wish I didn't. There wasn't that like whole you got to get in right away. You got to get in right. Out it's of so hard at, at when you're you know when I went to college I was that turned eighteen when I turned eighteen college. Yeah, I think I just turned eighteen the summer going into college. Because, like, like Terrio is a little bit younger than I am. He's about two months younger than I am. So maybe we start college at 17. That month, he started turning 18. Yeah. But it's just one of those things. It's it's really, really hard to go to college at 18 years old and know what you want to do for the rest of your life. And plan that, yeah. Yeah. Like, and, not, and be diligent. Like, you tell, like, because they tell you over and over again, what you're doing right now is going to base off the, you know, base for the future of your life. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sink in at all. I don't think, not for me. Well, I wasn't developed just, enough. I don't know. It's just it's just really hard. I mean, some people do it. I mean, some I mean, people def- buckle down. Some people do it and they're like, I know what I want to do. And they know it. And they've known it for a long time. And that's, But it's, it's so it's so tough to know at that age, you know, what is going to be something that you want to do forever, mm-hmm. you know, kind of deal. And, like what you're comfortable and with. I don't know what – I remember them talking about when we were in college, how many people go to college and they do graduate and actually work in that field. It's not Very a whole, yeah. It's not a whole lot of people who actually graduate in that particular field work in that field. Like Kaylee, like Kaylee went to college and graduated in three and a half years. Never switched. Knew exactly what she was going to do. 
and got out. Like I switched probably, I don't know, three or four different times. Yeah. It took me, I still graduated with honors. I think I graduated with like a 3.7 or a 3.8, but it took me five and a half years yeah. to graduate college because I would just lose credits after credits because like, I would switch and they're like, well, none of this, none half of these credits all yeah. transfer over or whatever. And um, I, really, I, just, I couldn't not decide what I wanted to do. I like, uh, it's, it, it, there's a bunch of other factors that feed into it, but I think if people are monetarily able, like come out of high school, go work, go do, go do stuff, you know, like learn what it's like to have to, pay your rent or whatever or even if you stay at home like go work and do things and kind of play around there mm-hmm. figure out what you if anything what you kind of are leaning towards like what you might be good at and then go in and jump into it you know like yeah. after some time some time yeah. away because for sure too like I'm a just in the time that I've worked here I've had like four or five iterations of myself like I've changed sure holistically and since I was 18 like I'm a a thousand percent a different person like yeah. the, from eight, like at eighteen, I was not ready to do that to do college mm-hmm. for sure. Just you, you're just in the now. You're not thinking about the future. No, yeah, you especially know, at eighteen and just dumb. And you're just just looking to have a good time. Yeah, you know, you're just kind of living in the now, not focus on you know what's gonna happen ten years down the road or you know having a family or whatever else. And you, you can have loose thoughts about that, but it's absolutely nothing like what you need to think about. Yeah. So. so. Yeah, I wasn't ready for that. Okay, so we uh, so we decide going into junior year, like, okay, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. I'm done with it. Yeah, I was so, like, I'm just gonna work because that seems to okay. be better. So when we say work, what does that what does that exactly mean? I don't remember where I was. I might have been at Daryl's at that time. Well, I was just. Working. I remember you bouncing, didn't you bounce? I bounced for a little while. Yeah. Uh, side like a side job. I bounced any, at like any, Frosty. Any interesting. Well, we like we would if we did anything, it would be like jujitsu techniques to take people out. So okay, that happened very often on the not regular. Super regular. Okay. No, but yeah, you don't. Not a lot of punching because you can't really. You if someone's really drunk, you can just punch them over and over again. It's probably not going to do anything. <laughs> it's not going to help at all. It's just like a punching bag. Yeah, just like oh, like that's a non-effective method. <laughs> so, you, but if you cut off airflow to their brain, and blood, you know that's no one can stop yeah. that. So okay. they'll take a nap and then you just reel them outside. So was this a bunch of miscellaneous jobs? Yeah, I did a bunch of miscellaneous jobs. Um, I would always work diligently at all of them. Like I worked diligently at Planet. Yeah. Uh, Planet so remember, Nutrition. remember pre-hurricane days, you were mm-hmm. a Planet Fitness or not Planet, Planet Nutrition, Planet Nutrition yeah. guy. Um, so yeah, I would I would work diligently there and and then you know and then coming here. Yeah. Um, they are a bunch of random jobs, but I guess like health and. I feel like health and wellness and fitness is something very important to get all fired up about. To mm-hmm. get, whether it be obsessive, pissed off, whatever. Like it's more important to me than political views. Even like it's your, it's a biological imperative for you to not suck at being alive. Yeah. So uh, it was easy for me to. I'm, I'm from 18, which was a chaotic human, developed into a very, I guess, over rational thinking person. And I think that that's where it comes from. Like. Whether it be planet, I balance just to make money and stuff. But uh, but coming here and stuff too, I kind of found that passion to make sure that at least if I'm talking to somebody, no matter where I work, but it's gonna it's gonna be geared towards you need to be healthy, yeah. you need to be fit, you need to take these things into consideration. Because well, so many people, I think sometimes we live in our little bubble here, and uh, you know we can forget about how it's not until you a lot of times get out of this scope like I said our bubble yeah that you start realizing you start realizing like how 
unhealthy and how unfit people are. Because um, even because even the like I had this conversation on who I was talking to, and you know, you don't realize like how fit you are. Com- like, because some people get a little they get, they, comparatively to the rest of the world, or even even this local area, because so many people, you know, they might say like, oh, you know, like you know, always got a modify or do this and do that I'm like I don't think you realize really how fit you yeah. are to be honest because like we have I've had people come in here come off the street they're only like 20 years old and they cannot hardly do anything yeah. they don't have any motor control they have no cardiovascular condition they have nothing and I don't think people realize like how healthy you really are and how fit you really are because you come in here and you're with some of the fittest individuals in this whole entire state and city and the country mm-hmm. in general and you get you, lost. You, you get compare, lost. You get lost in that mix. Yeah, you get you, you're comparing yourself to that those mix of people, and it's like you're like at the the, the, the five yeah. percentile. Like I don't really realize think how, how fit you are yeah. as a person. Like some people get upset. Like the other like Monday or something, we had muscle ups, and they had to modify the volume. And I think like if you could do one muscle up, do you know how crazy that is? Yeah. It's Even in our crazy. own bubble, like think back four or five years ago, like if you could do a muscle oh, up, man, you were the king. The evolution of CrossFit. I remember, I don't get too far off, so I can get in a rabbit hole, but like just the evolution of CrossFit has, has changed. And um, like when I started CrossFit, you know, it'd be nine years this year. Uh, you know, if you could do thirty double unders, that was a big deal. That was, you were like really pretty good. You were like really good double unders. If mm-hmm. you could do thirty, like if you could get close to a hundred. That was like unheard of. Yeah. That was like CrossFit Games, like Rich Froning. A hundred. Yeah. Like you could do a hundred unbroken. And like to be able to do like a muscle up or even maybe like three muscle ups, you were a muscle up ninja. Yes. You know, or, you know, if you could, you know, snatch like 155 pounds, you were extremely strong. Extremely strong, yeah. Or if like you could back squat, you know, 315 pounds or pull 400 pound deadlifts, like you were like elite up there, yeah. up there you know and that's what's crazy like inside the bubble like yeah people can do these things or or at least they're pretty damn close and stuff and it's just you don't realize like take a trip outside of crossfit for a second and realize how light years ahead of people you are you know yeah. like some people are, are, don't move with purpose at all and that's not to put those people down either like outside of the crossfit bubble it um the, the fact that, like, if you if you see something in your life, or if you see, like, a 400-meter run or 200-meter run or, or even, like, any kind of running at all, like a jog, and you're like, I can't do that right now, that should not put you down. Yeah. You should be in, in, invigorated and inspired to, like, I need – there's a way because we got it in here. We do it every day. There's a way for you to go and do that, mm-hmm. and it's very important. Yeah. Like, I get I get sad when I see people, like, pushing the carts at the – I get every now, now and then I get down on myself, too, buying some little Debbies or something, you know, along with my vegetables and meats. But um, seeing people with just the carts lined with sodas. Oh, man. Frozen it's food frozen in the middle. Frozen pizza stacked at the top. And, and I'm like, this is what they're eating like, There's day. not one piece of produce or anything. Like, everything is just and I don't feel I don't feel like more elite than that person. I just want to inform them. I want to, to be like, yeah. this is not as kind and as easygoing and not that big a deal as a lot of companies would like to advertise and let you sure. know. Like it's a big deal. Yeah. And it's a, like I said, it's a biological imperative for you to try to live as long as you can. Yeah. And I like where you kind of said it's not the fact that you like feel like you're better than them kind of deal because no. I think that's maybe like some of you kind of take could take it that way. Like yeah. where you know where you're no better than that person. It's not that. It's just 
You want better for them. I want them to, yeah, I want them to see that this yeah. is not good for them. Because almost in my mind, it's it's like a, it's in a way it's just like, it's like they're poisoning themselves in a sense. Mm-hmm. That might be a little extreme way to say well, it. Well, I mean, it, but that's pretty, at, at a biological level, that could be a true statement. Yeah, it's just, it's, and like you can see these people and like you can just, you can see like the lack of energy and things like mm-hmm. that. And, um, and it's just, you know, small, simple changes could go such a long ways. Uh, you know, and it's just, it makes me want better for them yeah. in a sense. And so uh, I definitely get that for sure, like seeing those things and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. uh, That's, a, that passion and that dry, that fire, I mean, along with, without getting too preachy, I mean, we obviously just preached a lot on nutrition and stuff, so I'm not scared about preaching, but um, I, I did like have a, a faith moment too. In, in that time phase of like having all the odd jobs and everything yep. that kind of turned me around as far as um, like being responsible and and realizing that like smashing mailboxes and stuff probably isn't a good thing <laughs> um, you know trying to like step into other people's shoes uh, you know I, I kind of I was always like Catholic mm-hmm. and stuff but I That's, became is that what you were taught growing up Catholic you yeah. Catholic church yeah but I, I somewhere in there like you know it, got, it gets darker like you if you smash a mailbox and you just get drunk every weekend that is a rabbit hole that just swindles that dwindles yeah. down and um what they call the gateway drug kind of sense or gateway behavior gateway behavior yeah I didn't really get too big into I didn't do like drugs or anything but alcohol was a hardcore yeah. thing caffeine I guess you could say I abused that but uh um like kind of at the same time like I kind of refound my Christianity and stuff mm-hmm. and like that definitely helped me be a lot more productive of a person, a lot more um, contributing member of society. Yeah. At that same time, I was plugging into CrossFit and stuff. So all that kind of, They're so all, all that kind of merged in the same lane at the same time, like mm-hmm. finding, like finding, you know, God and you know, getting into CrossFit all kind of all, happened, all yeah. at the same time. It was time. like a big. So it was a big kind of, moment. you know, uh, evolution. Yeah, find your purpose, kind of big evolution mm-hmm. all at one time. Oh yeah. That so what year was this? I think maybe 2013. Okay, so 13 area. Okay, right when kind of CrossFit was kind of starting mm-hmm. to pick up steam and starting to get big. It must have been 2000, maybe it was 2014, because at the end of 2014 is when I got my level one. Okay. Like I got that deep into it. I was like, I want to get in this. I need to know how this is. Because I'd played around with CrossFit before. So when you started doing CrossFit, was this kind of on your own kind of deal, garage style or what? I know you talked about that before. Here. I okay. 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 Yeah. I do. I remember you telling me, telling me that you kind of, I sort of initially in the old box. Mm-hmm. I did that for probably like three or so months. Okay. Um, but I was still. I don't I was think still I was coaching. That time. I don't know if I was coaching at that time. You were. Okay. I started I, coaching because okay. I, I Facebook messaged you. Okay. Um, Connor Sharp actually told me to Facebook message you. That's right. You. Yeah. yeah. We were having this conversation the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And I went and did my baseline and all that stuff, and I would I would come and I was not a cherry picker, but I was scared. A lot, and a couple times I drove away. So real quick before we go into that, so before doing CrossFit, was there any physical activity that happened before this? Like yeah. just the normal gym stuff, or what? I did like yeah, like snap fitness, okay, like some bench, okay. you know, um, curls, okay, bodybuilding splits. Okay, was that like a like a consistent thing for like a while, or is this mm-hmm. kind of like this kind of? I did that for probably like four years, pretty consistent. Okay, all right. I was always trying to look a certain way. Okay, and, so um, aesthetic space. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I wasn't, even the first phase of CrossFit, that didn't really work because it was like three or four months maybe before I kind of dropped out again. But whenever I came back to CrossFit, it was only like six months of CrossFit and I looked how I wanted to, that I've been training for mm-hmm. before. You know? Okay. So the aesthetics were like, came pretty quickly. 
um, just because the intensity was so much higher. Yeah. And I was younger, so it was like faster metabolism and stuff. Yeah. Okay, um, so. So then the aesthetics were out of the way and I had to figure out another goal. Wait, what's that? The aesthetics oh, okay. were out of the way and I had to figure out other goals. So that, that was good because I think aesthetics wasn't the best goal for me. Yeah. And we've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. Like how aesthetics shouldn't be your overall goal. Yeah. It's, it's a very, uh, it's a very tough goal to achieve it's a lot of times. Very you're, it's always going to be, you know, you're never probably going to look exactly the way you want to look. And that's, that's going to be a tough one to kind of figure out. But, um, so, so we start at the old box. We do that for about three months. Yeah. Then okay. I left out. Okay. And, um, and then I got my level one shortly after that. So 2013 was probably when I started CrossFit. Mm -hmm. And then 2014 through, through 14, and then like I ramped back up, got my level one, I started doing it at home. So was, so between that time of leaving the old box and getting your level one, did you just kind of like quit doing CrossFit altogether? Or? Not necessarily, I dabbled, I was in and out. Okay. And then um, I guess like, so, I guess CrossFit came around before my like Christian saving because okay. In that downtime, that's whenever you know I, I kind of like refound and reestablished my relationship with Jesus. Okay. And then like I was like, all right, I knew about CrossFit because I did it for like that three months. But that's when I started doing it very consistently. Like that's in like 2000, beginning of 2014 or so, wherever that happened, like into 2013 is whenever I started doing it. Like all right, that's this is only the only thing I'm doing. Okay. Because even whenever I was at here for like that few months, it was yeah. like a hit or miss and like so one like to do curls. One, so one exactly sure if this was something you want to stick with yeah yeah it was okay. like a, a fad I guess, to me like okay. a personal fad okay but then 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 after that was like all right this is what i need to do this is gonna this is what i need to shift all of my training to okay did it at home for a while i actually trained a bunch of other guys from a church that i was going to and we would get up at like 3 4 in the morning and work out and then i would go to work and I come back and I work out in the afternoon too. I was like pee and orange and stuff. It was hard sometimes. Did you have um, rab though? It, I could have. Maybe. I, I didn't know what it was at that time, even though I learned about it in level one. I didn't think that like that could have been what it was. I was just like knew that this was bad. Um, but yeah, it was it was rough a couple times. And then I started working at another gym, um, kind of like for free, like a hobby yeah, kind of style. I remember that. Thing. Yeah. And I was at Planet, and that's when Ray was like, dude, you're putting in all this time. You need to go somewhere, like a good a good place, a really, really good place. And I knew Hurricane was really, really good, and that's when I came in and talked to you. Yeah. I think I came in in person. Did I come in in person? Yeah, you came in in person. I remember you walked into the front door like a scared little puppy. Yes. You could say that. <laughs> I mean, because, damn, this place is... You got people throwing down and stuff. I thought I was doing good in my garage, you know, but I'm picking workouts for my own self. Yeah. I was working out like three times a day, thought I was hot shit. I come here and it was like, whew, once a day is good. I've heard, I've heard people say that as well. Like maybe they come drop in front of the box or they move here from out of town or something like that. And I've heard it multiple times where like, man, like at my box, I'm like, I'm like the dude. I'm crushing people. Like mm -hmm. I'm the number one dude. And like here, I'm like subpar. Like yeah. I'm here like middle of the pack. You know, and, and and like the one workout is effective enough, really, to continue on your fitness and to get better. Uh, you don't need to get like I had to do so much extra because I was basically sandbagging the other workouts. Um, what do you tell me? Like CrossFit's so hard to do on your own. It is on a consistent basis. Even if you do do an outside program, like not having someone right next to you to mm -hmm. throw down, it yeah. matters. It matters a whole bunch. Like CrossFit would be very very hard to do by yourself all the time. Like obviously you gotta do what you gotta do. If you if you have a workout here and there by yourself, you can get it done. But, you know, even Kaylee can contest to it right now is 
because she can't always make it here during the week because we live in Carlos yeah. out there, you know, and when having two babies and stuff like that, it's kind of tough. Um, and she'll even tell you, like, the intensity is way different it's when she does in the garage compared to at the gym. And she'll tell you every time, like, if she can make it at the gym, she's going to go to the gym because mm-hmm. it is completely different working out at the gym compared to doing it by yourself. That's what I'll tell people coming in and starting up, too. I'm like, here's all the facts and here's all the tangibles and things that I can tell you about CrossFit, like why I think it's better than other methodologies and stuff, um, all the the sure. tangible details. And I'm like, but that's something that you can't touch, you can't see, you can't. I can't tell you anything about is once you get into a class and you do it with a class. Mm-hmm. You do that one time and you'll realize why this is so important and so effective and very fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so my intensity was way higher just doing the one. Sure. Um, and they always say that, like, there's that cliche of, like, if you're the smartest person in the room or, say, the fittest person in the room, mm-hmm. you're in the wrong room. In the wrong room, yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously... Everybody knows that, but no one rarely do people seek out and try to find like the best place. Yeah, and uh, I decided to do that for training and for working. Okay, so, so I remember, come I remember coming in and, and talking about you know possibly want to coach here and things like that, and and at that point in time, you know, I'd only been and what year was that? I can't remember exactly. Two thousand seventeen, two thousand seventeen, two thousand sixteen. Maybe two thousand sixteen. It was like towards the end. Maybe towards the end. So maybe because so I did two thousand seventeen open. Was the first open? Yeah, so maybe started coaching around late 2016, early 2017 mm-hmm. area, is when he kind of started coaching on the regular at least. And mm-hmm. at that point in time, I'd only been a business owner, a full time business owner by myself for about two years, and technically a business owner for three years mm-hmm. at that point in time. So I'd never hired anybody outside of. You know, of the gym, of, of yeah. the gym walls. So yeah, everybody that worked here has come here. Yeah, so at the time, you know, maybe you can kind of... You know, I'm just saying that, like, I had to come here, and I was like, hell yeah, like, I'm down for that. Yeah. At that time, you know, I'd never hired any, anybody outside the walls. And um, and so I wasn't exactly sure what the best approach of that was either, because, I mean, this guy's coming in and... Um, yeah, you don't know who that I don't. Is. I didn't know who you, you were. Who I, never, I never had any conversations with you. four eyes walking yeah. through the door. I never had any conversations with you. I didn't know anything about you. Um, other than that you worked at Plant Nutrition, I maybe seen you once or twice at Plant Nutrition, mm-hmm. just kind of passing through and stuff, and I knew you'd, you'd kind of dabbled with some CrossFit. Yeah, and be so, a serial killer. You, you know, don't even know. <laughs> you still might be. Hell still might be. Still I just, might be. yeah. Uh, they ain't caught me yet. <laughs> but, um, you know, obviously, at the time, we didn't really have any full-time coaches or anything like that, because I was mm-hmm. still coaching a lot of the classes, and um, a few coaches that we had a couple coaches that were getting paid and a lot of it was you know just trade off like hey if you coach a few classes a week you know you can kind of well, pay for your membership kind yeah. of deal and things like that and so which CrossFit was like that was like the thing like I, I, I was working at that other gym for free too because I didn't even think that getting paid to do this was a thing I thought it was always has to be like, like a side like job a, yeah it's kind of like a trade off deal in yeah. a sense and so um, but you know as it became a business owner I wanted that to be something, you know, I knew as a business owner eventually, you know, for this gym to be, you know, a place that would be successful and that that had to come from the coaches. And the only way we were going to do that is have coaches staff that this is their gig. Yeah, a professionalized coach. Yeah, they can't be doing other things and focusing on other things and be a coach here and not um, be this number one priority in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um so, uh, so I mean, there was something I was working toward, and obviously you coming in and stuff like that, uh, that was one 
one of the first steps of getting there, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so, More staffing um, yeah. Stuff. So, um, so obviously we kind of went through the whole entire process. Like, hey, this is because this, this is how we're going to get started. And you call it the grasshopper. Yeah, the grasshopper program. Yeah. It's still called the grasshopper program. Still called the grasshopper program. Yeah. So, if you don't know, obviously, because you guys may not be coaches, is you don't necessarily. You don't just come start. in. You, don't, you, don't you just start. don't get your level one, and obviously, you're just like, all right, you're gonna coach a class. Yeah. It doesn't really work out that way. There's it, there is a process of getting started, and that you know, there's a shadowing phase of just literally just watching how the classes flow. Because especially for you at the time, mm-hmm. you I wasn't used you, to big you, classes. Yeah. You, well, you were never you'd never been here regardless. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, how class, I didn't well, know any of the people. Well, since since the old days, since yeah. you know, and obviously, it changed a lot in those few years, anyways. Um, so just kind of getting the feel of the class flows. And also we wanted you to get familiar with the people here and getting to know their names and mm-hmm. then get familiar with you. And I remember that was like a big deal. Like while I was shadowing was like writing everybody's name down. Yeah, learning people's names and personalities. That was so hard at first. Oh, man. Now I have like a special area in my brain where like I just, yeah. I'll say your name twice and then I'm good. Yeah, like I've, over the years I've gotten way better. Back when I first started coaching, man, that was remember a names. shit show trying to get names. Like I'm remembering names and things like that. Just metaphorically, if you just look at it, or hypothetically, it's it's a strange word that you tell somebody maybe once. That's so hard to remember. That's such a hard thing to remember. Some people get so mad, and you're like, you don't remember my name? Like, no, that was that, that strange sound that came out of your mouth one time six years ago. No, I don't remember it. I'm sorry. Patrick, shut up. <laughs> That's a common thing. Patrick, shut up. I'm gonna miss that. And so, <laughs> so we we'll go through. So we'll go through the whole entire process of you know shadowing. Um, then from there, you maybe get to sprinkle in like, okay, we're going to teach a portion of the warm up. Yeah. And maybe we're going to instruct. Yeah, we're going to instruct maybe a piece of you know a movement here. Then okay, we're going to start talking at the whiteboard now, and it's like we kind of slowly layer it on mm-hmm. over the time. And even and then one, even once you start coaching full classes, you're not really by yourself yet. Mm-hmm. You still have somebody there to kind of handicap you just in case something were to go yeah. awry. And then, and only then, you get your full classes. Yeah. So, do you remember kind of like your first time, like actually go to coach and how that felt, like, like the experience the was? First. So was this the Dan, the Dan Fusilier story? Probably. Yeah. That, I remember this. So, tell that story real quickly. I don't even remember it to be exact. You can tell it. So, from what I can recall, one of the, this is probably I'm the not, first I'm few. To repress it. The first few weeks of you coaching here. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you're not familiar with how some how some of the athletes are, obviously they're very vocal on how they feel about certain things. Yeah. And so we Dan were, in particular. Yeah, so we had a double under day mm-hmm. and we were doing double under drills of some kind. I forgot exactly what the drill was. And so anyways, you were teaching the drill and I think Dan did like two or three reps in the drill and said, I don't know how to do doubles, I ain't doing this shit. Yeah. And walked off and you were like, uh what, what do I do? How, what do I do with this? Like, how do, do I, I go tell get him? him? Do I make him do it? Do I not make him yeah. do it? What do I do? That was a and a, so that was a learning curve. Baptism by fire. Right yeah. There. So he threw you right under the bus real quickly. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna learn. It was a good introduction. More. Yeah. So I, 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 I remember I, that being one of your first coaching experiences here. Any successes I have as a coach, I'll attribute to Dan Fusilier doing that to me. <laughs> that first, that first go around. <laughs> I still never forget that story. That was just really old green pat. Yeah. Getting messed with by Dan, and it, it hadn't it hadn't ended. Yeah, he's still like that one. Yeah. So obviously that was around that late 2016, yeah. 2017. So we've been going at it for about three years now. About three years, yeah. About three years now, which mm-hmm. is pretty crazy to think about. It's it is. It seems like it's gone by super fast. Yeah. I didn't. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but no, it doesn't. And and like everything that's ha- like that has happened 
seems like one kind of thing, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's it's gone by really really quickly. Yeah. Um. It, I think that's because we never stopped moving here at Hurricane. That's that's a bigger attribute to you. Like we're always doing. This place looks different, feels different, is different in nearly every way, other than the four walls around us. Yeah. Um. Since I started. Yeah. In a good way, like different yeah. in a good yeah. way. It, we've all you've we always try. Like there's I'm all, I mean I'm gonna. I'm gonna fuck it up here and there. I mean, it's, it's kind of how it happens. I mean, but gonna, you know, you get like six successes and one failure in a year. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it, it happens. I mean, it's it's a moving target. There's mm-hmm. always something to strive for. And I I really like that. That's changed me the most as a person too. Is being part of this process, like from behind the scenes, is seeing how like you push it forward and trying to innovate and find ways to like bring value to the place. Even whenever you were hiring coaches, you know. That's not just like, oh, I want to be able to pay somebody one day as a marker of success for a, a business, which is. But um, you want to do that because you knew like if their focus was solely on the gym, if our focus was solely on the gym, it would create a better product for the clients altogether. Yes. And that was the main, so, the main principle. Line. I knew if you, didn't, if you didn't have this as one of your main priorities in your life, then the coaching was going to be subpar. Even though mm-hmm. you didn't necessarily mean it to be subpar, it was just like you just have yeah. other priorities. And, and that's fine and all. And uh but you just couldn't give the warmth and attention that it needed. Yeah. You know? So you were you were willing you were striving to make your gym make moves with your gym to where you could do that and give the best possible product to the people around. And uh, you still do that, like with the level method, us getting all certified and stuff in that. And I appreciate that. Yeah, you and Lacey doing nutrition certifications and stuff like the the staff, the gym itself, and everything. The programming is only continue to move up. I talked about it with you a little bit before about like, you know, what we do now is harder than what we've done before and every, we were always getting fitter. Yeah. So, well, I appreciate that, man. I mean, and obviously it's, it's been a crazy ride for the past three years and it's been awesome having you here to, yeah. you know, to be here and um, not to get too, too, no, no, no. Can you say that on the podcast? I don't know. This. I don't know how PC that is. Yeah. You can't, I mean, no. I won't get too extreme, lovey-dovey on this. Yeah. Too lovey-dovey on extreme this. Extreme emotions. Maybe soapbox people listen to us talk to each other. But no, put, yeah. put, your, we'll make out later. put your trust in me and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. And, um, you know, obviously help move the vision of Hurricane forward over these years and stuff like that. And obviously you're a big part of that and, and stuff. I've and been so. happy to be a part of it. Um, and I, I'm like... I, like we said, guys, I'm gonna come it's, back. It's not like he's going forever. We're not going like, forever. We're kind of talking like he's leaving. Like I'm not I'm dying. Back. It's not. That's not the process. Um, He'll be back. It's just not gonna be obviously as the as a big piece as you are. Yeah. At this point. I'm not gonna be like a constant feature. Yeah. Quite as yeah. much. Yeah. But uh, but I will be back. Yeah. And um, I just did this too. Like it's not like I want to leave the Hurricane fam necessarily because obviously you know like I want to come back. You know, like, no, I'm definitely back. no. We, um, I think people would really enjoy that still. Yes, but uh, but I gotta go, you know, big boy job it a little bit. Big boy job. Not that this was not capable of doing that as well. Like I said, you professionalized this place to a huge extent, and it's only climbing. Um, so I cannot match the pay of oil and gas. Yeah, <laughs> not many people <laughs> I can. I can't match that pay. Not many people man. can. I can't match that pay. No, yeah, we're not producing a, you know, non-renewable resource. No, here. but uh. I will say that I'm a testament to some other people. Maybe if you're an aspiring coach or something, come get coached. Like it, like we talked about with the process, we kind of went through it quickly, but much more so than my lifelong process of growing up. The formative process of starting and being coached how to be a coach here was one of the most changing experiences that brought me to where I am today. Um, 
So it, you definitely want to come here, be plugged in, be involved, and uh, just being in this gym is going to be one of your first steps, your biggest steps to if you want to coach or if you want to even be a, an athlete or anything like that. Yeah. I say come here. That's the first step. Just start it. Yeah, and be insatiable with your knowledge. The big words. Always in Patrick. Yeah, I'll either say really stupid things or really big oh, words. I feel like some of you just use really big words that don't make sense at all, but I'm not going to question them. That's a tactic of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, but no, Pat, I just want to, you know, thank you. And I'm sure, you know, some a lot of people feel the same way of, you know, appreciate you, you know, putting the hard work that you did and, you know, the thoughtfulness that you always put behind it and the caring for people and here and stuff like that. It's definitely going to be missed for sure. I'm going to miss everybody here too. Yeah, man. Um, it, leaving home and leaving my family at home but like this as well like my hurricane family it, that's it definitely sure. made the decision not a light one oh um, no. and you know I'm excited to go and get it done and come back no. as well for sure so. and we'll be waiting on you to get back here brother alright alright well Cody's gonna carry on we think the hurricane yeah. podcast that's the goal that's the goal as I'm gone so yeah, this was goal. his first not his first podcast Cody's done podcasts before but well, as the interviewer, yeah. this is the first podcast. Your first interviewer. Hope I didn't do too bad, huh? I think you did great. I appreciate that. I Hope think you did really good. I got big shoes to fill, so. <laughs> Nine and a half. Nine and You'll a half. be fine. No, they say about guys with small feet. They got little socks. They got them little socks. They got some little socks, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, Pat, I appreciate it, buddy. And we'll see you back here soon enough. All right. See you later, Hurricane fam.